Pace Line is supported by LEL Cycling. The coast is calling. LEL's shore collection embodies the spirit and style of the California coast. All LEL products are crafted in Southern California for shipment worldwide. Now, on to the show. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, Celine Yeager, a.k.a. the Fit Chick of Bicycling Magazine. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. So, Celine, hmm. did you have a white Thanksgiving? No. We did not have oh. any white Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm very glad that we had no white Thanksgiving. We did. Oh, okay. I was down at my brother's for the holiday itself, which is Virginia, so they would not have a white Thanksgiving regardless. Right, But right. coming back, we had a monsoon of a – it's been so wet on the East Coast. It's just not funny. But driving, like driving through on the highway in Maryland Saturday night, I was going through water that was halfway up my tires on the highway. It was – I've not oh actually ever driven it through anything. About three hours into it, I pulled over into a gas station. I was like, all right. To Dave, I'm like, you've got to take the wheel because I cannot focus one more second. You know, like that huge focus you have to like with the windshield wipers going and sheets of rain and all the like just following the taillights in front of you. It was awful. Um, yeah, it's been yeah. Um, it's gotten cold here. It's been, uh, you know, 30s with we have like 50 mile per hour gusts today. So I just went into the Yeah. Really cold. So we just went mountain biking this morning before work. And, you know, it's always, it's amazing how much warmer it is in the woods. It's amazing how much warmer it is in the woods. It, it really is remarkable that way. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, I was almost overdressed. Like I deliberately underdressed just knowing, like just suffer your way to the trailhead, you know, like you'll be okay. And I still uh -huh. I had to take off my, my beanie and stuff because I was like, I'm going to cook. But yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's good yeah. to have that option. <laughs> but we have to watch it's cool. hunting season here now so we have to sort of be careful where oh. we go um yeah so you got to take the antlers off your helmet right it's funny it's funny i do have a pair of uh, a helmet that still has moose antlers on it from a costume so no i don't wear i don't wear that one uh, at this time of year it would be inappropriate even though there aren't yeah, yeah. anyway did you didn't <laughs> how was your thanksgiving it was not white i'm sure was it wet has it rained? No, uh, it has rained some, and so now the air is wonderful outside. Oh, I mean, like in a six-hour period, we went from an AQI of one fifty-two to twenty-six. Wow! Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I can go outside That's amazing. now. Uh, good. Yeah, good to hear. Yeah, so I've gotten a few rides in outside. Uh, Sunday did a cross race over in the town of Sonoma. Oh, cool! Uh, very fun time. I helped fill out the field so that the winner felt like he didn't beat three other guys. <laughs> um, you know, because, I mean, that's an, a, that's an important role to fulfill. It is. Right? Yes, it is, actually. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you know, for me, for my part, it was a really wonderful 45 minutes out there. I passed some people. I got past some. Uh, I did have one guy plow into me from behind in a sand pit. Ooh. Uh, it was like, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Control what, your vehicle. What was that about? <laughs> <laughs> and you know then then the bikes are tangled it's like what did you do 
Uh, but yeah, really fun time. Lovely weather. It's been raining some more here. You know, Lord knows we need it. We're just sort of concerned about, you know, landslides and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So it will, we will see how this plays out, but man, what a, what a wonderful improvement. And it's not raining now. So after you and I finish recording, I'm heading out. Oh, good. Oh, good. I thought you were going to be Zwift bound. So good to see that you're going to get off the island. Yeah. Yeah. I've got enough stuff to keep me cold, uh, keep me warm and dry so that, you know, and there are a few things I need to actually review. So I've got an, an incentive to get out there. That's always nice. And it's even better when it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, the worst is like, okay, I need to re- review this. Um, I'm not so sure. And then you get out there and it's like, wow, I am really cold or I am really wet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, those are the not fun parts of reviewing things is, is when they don't work. But it's I yeah. the one thing that I really love about the, I mean, the, the digital thing has been very disruptive and there's been it's probably, you know, whatever. But the nice thing about the digital world is that you can review in real time. Like, I don't have to put on a winter coat in the summertime and, and I'll try to, yeah, yeah, and try to fit, like, because, you know, the print cycle, you'd be like, okay, where, where do I, do, where am I going to review this thing? Because it's 87 degrees, you know, like, yeah. so I can actually yeah. go out when it's, a real feel of 23 and say like, yeah, this, this worked this morning, you know, and write it. it that, that's been a godsend that way. I, <laughs> yeah. I remember like getting up at four o'clock in the morning and riding up into Hills, uh, north of where I live <laughs> so that you. I could try to get, you know, 45 degrees by five thirty. <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in August, you know, uh, north of LA. Yeah. And it was just, I did a whole buyer's guide to thermal jackets and, like wrote it in July. Wow. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, it was, I mean, that, it, it was difficult. It was difficult to, to do proper review, seasonal reviews. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, internet. Mm. All right. Well, <laughs> with that said, what's your poll this week? What are you doing? My poll is coming from our audience. We had been asking uh, people to ask if there's anything we want to talk about, and people have actually responded, so that's kind of cool. Um, Yay! Yeah! And this is, I'm super psyched about this one, because it's something that I actually, I'm passionate about and like to talk about, and I probably should have talked more about it when I brought it up last time, but so John Knowlton had asked, um, I'd like to hear Celine talk more about strength training, her routine, what are you doing, how often, what outcome do you expect, how do you measure it, etc. And yeah, those all great questions because I talked about being back into the gym. So I am a huge, huge, huge proponent of strength training for everybody, uh, especially women and masters. But honestly, the more I read and the more I understand uh, and the more I see how it benefits even like young pro world tour kind of guys, I, uh, the, the more I'm like strength training properly for it is beneficial for everybody. Um, and, the, and properly is, is really the key word in that sentence. Um, <laughs> it, because endurance athletes have this tendency to shy away still from strength training because they don't want big muscles. They don't want to gain muscle mass that they have to haul up hills. I, I totally get it. Um, but here's the thing. If you know how to lift properly, that's not a thing. And, but ironically, a lot of endurance athletes, because they're afraid of big muscles, will go into the gym and they'll lift like bodybuilders. Not meaning to, but that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They go into the gym and they do tons of sets, like not heavy weights, just lots of sets, lots of reps, all this volume. Um, and that's 
you know, with very little rest. And that's actually a good way to build muscle and hypertrophy. Like it's, it's not doing what you want as an endurance athlete. It's kind of doing what you don't want. And wow. Yeah. And you already do. And this is very, like, if you think about it, it'll like light bulbs will go off. You already do so much endurance work on your bike. Your weight room workouts should not be about endurance. Should do something different. Yes. They're, they're, they're there to do something different. And it's not endurance. And it's not to hit your muscles over and over from every angle in these in all this volume. Um, so instead, what, you're, what you want is you want to be lifting to get strong and powerful, right? So that means lifting to maximize, and everybody hang with me, your neuromuscular recruitment. And all I mean by that is how many fibers you fire with each contraction. So a great visual I like is if you think about it, your, you know, your muscles have all these little uh, muscle fibers and their connection to your central nervous system. And your brain makes these pathways like, uh, like tire tracks in snow or ski tracks in snow. And the more, the heavier the weight that you need to lift the more tracks they make to, to wake up muscle fibers that you're not using in sleep. Like that's, that's a great way to look at it. So you're not building all this hypertrophy. You're just getting more muscle fibers at your disposal that you already have. That's why when people start lifting right away, like if you started lifting tomorrow and you hadn't, you would be mm-hmm. stronger next week. You've made no new muscle. You've made no new muscle in a week. But people make gains really, really quickly right away because of that neuromuscular recruitment. Like, that is the thing that... Wow, okay. Right. Like, if you think, it, like, you've made no new muscle fibers. You've just, you've, you've just woken up those connections, and you've made those connections. And that happens very quickly. That happens very quickly. Um, so is how many fibers you can fire with each contraction. So that means less volume in the weight room. It means you're doing three to five sets of, like, maybe four or five reps, maybe six, at 80 to 90% of your max. So that's... That's heavy. Like, that's lifting heavy in a way that I think a lot of endurance athletes get scared of. But if they try it, they will never, they would never go back. Like, so for instance, when I went into the gym and started working with this coach, and I work with a coach because I don't like to train myself. I think it's just better to work with a coach. Um, we went in, we found my one repetition max, which was the heaviest weight I could lift one time for deadlift squats and single leg squats, which, you know, is as pleasant as it sounds. I mean, you like, you're quivering towards the end. And then I do three to five sets of three to six repetitions of about 85% of that weight. I also do core work, I do some planks, and I do some metabolic conditioning like kettlebell swings and box jumps. Um, when I leave the gym, Patrick, I feel amazing. I don't feel worn down. I don't feel, you know, all that stuff that the volume lifting can do for you. I don't feel heavy. I feel mm-hmm. I am like buzzing, like better than any coffee or monster energy drink or Red Bull could leave me. I've got like tons of energy. Um, I feel the results very, very quickly. Like I did a pretty challenging mountain bike ride this morning and it's just been two weeks since I've started and I can already feel like I have that torque back. And it's just like that muscle recruitment those fibers are awake, and it's just like a really, especially if you ride off road, if you ride on any punchy terrain, I think it's super, super useful. Um, but even yeah. if you don't like endurance stuff, so that's you know, he asks like, what do you get out of it? Like, so I have more muscle fibers at my disposal, right? So if you think about that, it's almost like having an extra gear, like for when you're going uphill 
or when you're over any kind of technical terrain because you're more fatigue resistant. Like you just have more fibers to do yep. any, you know, any given job. So when you're three, five, eight hours into your day, you're still you still have muscle that is fresh, if you will. Like you can still keep going. Um, so and I also think it helps with injury prevention, frankly. And muscle, you start losing muscle mass at it it depends like who you talk to but definitely by 30 if not by you know if not earlier and after 40 or 50 forget it like i think anybody after 40 should consider going to the gym so they don't lose strength you know like the, otherwise you will you're going to lose it like your bike helps oh i have i know yeah you yeah. can feel it your bike helps but it it doesn't it doesn't do the job of like specific strength training so i mean that's my that's my end goal it's funny this guy, my coach, wanted me to get on this DEXA. Like, I've had my body scanned a million different times for body composition and that. And I, that's not really my goal here. And I, I didn't want to be all numbers focused. He's like, oh, they all wanted me to get. I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. Like, I know my goal. And my goal is to have that extra gear and to feel strong and to stand straighter. And I can feel that difference. Like, when I'm consistent in the gym, I, that just follows. So... Um, you know, off the bike, I feel a million times better. I stand straighter. I walk taller. I'm stronger overall. Uh, strength training has been very, very well documented to control blood sugar, lower blood pressure, be good for your heart. So that's the whys. And the measurement of it, I mean, you can measure your body composition. And, and for someone who's concerned about, quote unquote, the weight that's useful because you can see like, oh, I have, because power to weight is two parts of an equation and everyone focuses on the weight yep. and they forget about the power. So if you improve your body composition, even if you get maybe a little heavier, but that's more muscle, it's a no brainer. That's more Watts, you know, like that is <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my spiel. That's what I do. Um, I will be in the gym at this time of year, you know, maybe three mornings a week and come season, I'll go down to one. Because it's just, I, I, you know, there's only, I'm spending so much time doing other things. Like, I don't want to wear myself out. Like, it, the, the scale has to slide more to the endurance stuff and less to the strength stuff. But I try not to eliminate it completely because now that I'm in my 40s, I definitely notice it doesn't hang on as long. Like, I get to September <laughs> and I'm like, I'm starting to feel that I haven't been in the weight room already you know like when i'm trying to work over some stuff i'm just like mm. so this year i'm gonna try to stay in one day a week doing just like maintenance so where are you at do you, do you strength train at all do you have a history of strength training? i i've i've done it sporadically is yeah. the proper answer <laughs> you know a, a couple of years ago uh, i got a membership to a gym down the street from me and i was in there three days a week uh self-coaching in winter no, actually, for the first, there were like six sessions with a trainer. Gotcha. He worked up a plan with me, and then I just stuck with that. Um, and he he kind of gave me, you know, guidelines of, you know, when I should alter something. Right. You know, once you get to this point, yeah. then do this. Yeah. And that, that worked pretty well. That was the last time I was in the gym consistently. Uh, parenthood mm -hmm. got in the way. Uh Things really, there are a lot of things that changed for me with the birth of our second. Yeah. Uh, things that things that were workable and manageable with one child that suddenly became not so workable with a second child. Totally see that. So, yeah. yeah. I'm curious about your balancing base miles with the gym. 
How do you how do you determine your balance that way? It actually works really well in some ways,、yeah. um, and I think some of that's mental, quite honestly, because、mm-hmm. I have a craving for high intensity. You know, there, there's something、mm-hmm. about that that makes me happy.、Um, yeah. So when I when I'm in the gym and I, like I go early, it's like five thirty in the morning, and it's you know quite the wake up, but. Then I'm then I'm pretty chill on my bike. Like I'm okay to keep it in zone two for a while because it's like I've done, you know, I, like in my mind, there's that balance is there, so I don't feel the need to like test the legs or push it a little harder. I can just be like, okay, this is, I am on my bike. I'm just gonna keep it in my zone two. So I feel I personally feel like that balance works well. Neat. Okay. Yeah.、Uh, good to hear. Now, how many? If you're in the gym three days a week this time of year. How many days a week are you riding? I ride almost every day.、Um, what I at this point, it's all like November. I just kind of let it just be unstructured, very much so.、Um, but I am still probably riding, yeah, at least six days a week. I'm getting out and doing something. Mount, and it's you know it, it is what it is. Like Sunday is supposed to be sixties and sunny, so I'll try to break out for a long ride and just get some miles in the. In the legs, just take advantage of it. Yep. But I try. I'm trying not to. It's just too easy, especially me,、um, to to just keep like, oh, I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to, and then you know, I'm flying. I, I'm very guilty of being like, I'll fly in February and by July be like, oh, I'm kind of feeling fried. You know, like it's so easy to do that. So I'm trying to be. <laughs> it, this helps me avoid that too. It helps me be a little more chill on my bike and then just ease into the season.、Um, With the base I have, and then just build up from there as I slide back in the strength training. It's definitely a balancing act, and it's definitely the kind of thing that everybody needs to to do for themselves. Like, you know, I'll do some fat bike stuff here, so it's longer. Those will be longer days, but I I really try to not be super structured until you know the New Year's, just so I'm just so I don't find myself like getting sick of the structure and getting burned out by fall. Yeah. You know? That's、gotcha. that's my thing. I try to like sort of have a little bump in spring, and then ease back a little in midsummer because it gets a little busy here, and then try to move back up in for all the events I have in fall, and that's worked pretty successfully. But yeah, you have to sort of, you definitely have to figure out what you know. If you're just a designated cyclocross racer, that looks like one thing, as opposed to someone who's doing all road. You know, I mean, it just depends what your priorities are. Yeah, how it all yeah, fits yeah. in. Interesting stuff, yeah. And, and I would never have guessed that you'd be anyone who would run any risk whatsoever of being a winter champion. I just i i like i like training hard in the winter, and I th- and maybe it's because it counteracts this, the dark and whatever. But I do like training hard in the winter time, so I have to keep that. I have to like mentally keep myself in check. I'm an overachiever. <sighs> <laughs> no, really. Yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. <laughs>、uh, yeah, well, it, it's it's something to inspire the rest of us. That's for sure. Yeah, but、I、people should not be to afraid a... to of it. I, if there's any message, like just don't like do not be afraid of strength training. If, if you try it, you'll be very pleasantly surprised. I yeah, I've got access to a weight room, and I need it's not far, <laughs>、uh, and so I need to just. Figure out something in my schedule so I can start getting in there consistently. It's like anything, though,、uh, Patrick. It's like we were talking about.、Yeah. Was it just last week? Like having buddies or having like accountability. Like, it's not. 
I, you know, I have some friends over there. I have, a, and that's part of the reason I also have a coach. Like, there's, it's not as fun as riding or whatever. Of course, it's not, and it's it's easy, like especially that early when I go because that's my window to be like, oh, you know, like I'm not gonna go to. The-. If I was self coaching, it would be way harder for me to be like, okay, I'm gonna go to the gym three mornings a week. Way, way, way harder. But that I have like a something to do, and I'm, you know, it's in my plan. I know people are gonna be there. It makes it. It makes it much easier and more fun. You know, it's just more and fun. And how long are you there to, for you to work through the, the various it's stuff? It's less than an hour. There. It's less than an hour. I mean, it's... Yeah. See, that's the other thing that I need to remind myself. It's not the time commitment that's, you know, going out for a hard mountain bike ride no, is. No, it's it's a, it's it's quite a bit shorter. And, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of running your mouth time in the gym when, when you have friends there and stuff, too. So it's that I think that's part of it. But I could definitely get it done within 45 minutes for sure. And... It, it really does. When you're lifting like that heavy, I mean, you, you just need to take proper rest between lifts. You know, like you actually need to take a few minutes. But um, right. you don't need to do that much, for sure. Five, five, I think maybe five, eight moves. That's about it. Wow. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a little break for our sponsor, and then we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. It's Celine. So I'm pretty psyched to tell you about our new sponsor, PowerDot. PowerDot is a smart muscle stimulator, which is essentially a device that passively stimulates your muscles to help with recovery. Anyone who has followed me for any length of time knows I do big, dumb things. That's kind of my game. I've done Ironman, eight-day mountain bike stage races, Dirty Kanza, you get the picture. So for me, recovery is everything. And there's a lot of stuff that promises to help with recovery, and I do it, and it probably works. But I would be hard-pressed to tell you that I feel any meaningful difference in the moment, or even right away. That's not the case with electrical muscle stimulation. Electrical stim basically fires up your muscles and causes them to pulse or contract in a rhythmic fashion, which flushes them out, brings in fresh oxygenated blood, carries out the waste. It's like a recovery ride, but from your couch, because you're not moving a muscle on your own. And it just works. So when my legs are trashed, I do electrical muscle stimulation, and honestly, the stairs in my house that seemed so steep a half hour before are much easier to climb. It works that quickly. So I'm a fan. So are many doctors, therapists, coaches I've consulted over the years. This practice has been around on the professional side for decades. The nice thing about PowerDot is that it's so small and easy to use. The whole unit is smaller than a saddlebag, so it's super portable, and you work it through your phone via Bluetooth and the PowerDot app. You just put on the pads, activate it with your phone, and the units start pulsing. The nice thing with PowerDot is that it also has pre-programmed sessions in the app. So you can just put it on and pick quads, hit the button, and let the machine work its magic. And now, thanks to the sponsorship, PowerDot is giving Paceline listeners 20% off their order. So just go to PowerDot.com, use the code PACELINE at checkout to get 20% off your order. That's PowerDot.com. Use the code PACELINE to get 20% off your order today. Okay, we're back with the PACELINE, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, Celine Yeager. Now we're going to talk about Christmas. Oh, Christmas. Here we go. Yeah. I am not, not Black even. Friday, Cyber Monday. Uh. Here's the thing. I've been receiving pitches from manufacturers and PR agencies with suggestions for Christmas wish lists. 
The general idea is that I'll take one of their stock images and whether or not I've ever used the product, write a short description or use theirs even, and then tell readers what a great gift it would make. As someone who reviews product, um, my integrity is already and has been under the microscope. So to copy and paste a Christmas wish list is, to me, it's just so lazy as to not be worth doing, uh, even though it's an exceedingly low effort, okay? Um, so what we're going to do is I'd rather talk about gifts that I would give to another cyclist. Hmm. And this brings up a larger philosophy about gift giving for me. I want a gift to be memorable. I want the person to look at the item and remember, oh yeah, he gave me that for my birthday or whatever. That means it isn't likely to be something that would get routine daily use. I like giving gifts that might be at the margin of someone's life. That thing or something that rewards their dedication. With the cyclist, you know, especially this time of year, I'd look at cold weather gear to make them more comfortable on cold rides. Or if someone is contemplating doing a really long event, I'd contemplate a GPS unit with better battery life. You know, if they're just getting into mountain biking, maybe I'd get them, you know, a, a really nice pair of gloves, something like that. Uh, maybe lights for night riding, you know, now that the days are shorter. Given the number of friends I have who've told me about every nerve pain that they experience on the bike, since I've talked about my own, <laughs> and considering how few of them are familiar with cannabis, I might get somebody a CBD cream to introduce them to a new way of dealing with that pain. Of course, there would have to be a long conversation about, no, this isn't going to make you kiss everyone in the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, for me, it's just... I like the idea of trying to expose someone to something that they wouldn't otherwise have gone out and bought for themselves. For sure. Um, you know, so uh, actually, I'm going to switch things up and I'm just going to jump into my pick for this week oh. since it dovetails with this. Right. Um, <clears throat> my pick for this week is the Pearl Izumi Pro Escape Thermal Bib Shorts. Thermal bibs differ from regular bibs in that they're cut from a fleecy fabric, you know, what's usually referred to as Roubaix lycra, mm -hmm. you know, just like found in arm, leg, and knee warmers. But, you know, based on my experience, at least talking to friends I have, this is something that's very likely not in a rider's wardrobe. And even if they are, you know, most riders are only likely to have a pair, you know, so a second pair can't possibly hurt. The thing about thermal bibs that I really love is their versatility. So much more so than, you know, knickers or bib tights that have an integrated pad. The ProScape thermal bibs benefit from Pearl Izumi's PI dry technology, which causes water to just run off the fabric. You know, in a, they're not waterproof. Fall into a creek with these on and you will get wet. You know, be out there in a direct downpour Water will get through the fabric, but if it's a smaller amount of water, uh, it will just beat up on the fabric and run off, which is so helpful in damp but not totally soaking conditions. I've actually had a layer uh, of ice on mine. <laughs> One time I got caught up. 
<laughs> but it, wow. it it didn't penetrate. It was fascinating to watch. I watched the beads fall and form and turn to ice. But please go ahead so I can vouch for the fact that they do work. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah that's that's a level of verification and and uh <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and you know the the other thing about thermal bibs is you can get away with wearing less on your extremities. I'm way more comfortable wearing thermal bibs and no knee warmers than regular bibs and knee warmers. Uh, and this goes to something that we might need to pick up in a separate conversation at some point, thinking about uh, core temperature mm -hmm. versus extremities mm -hmm. and, you know, what really is the best philosophy there. But anyway, what I notice working for me is, you know, at like 52 degrees, thermal bibs, long sleeve jersey, base layer, I'm golden. You know, I can I can do any sort of ride. But, you know, that's a range that with regular bibs, it's like, oh, do I do... Knee warmers? Do I do leg warmers? I, I get a lot more indecisive that way. Another thing I love about thermal bibs is that the pad won't pull away from your crotch because of the fit of the tights or knickers at your knees. You know, because they're bibs, uh, normal bib shorts, uh, you know, they come up and they, they make it to wherever that spot is on your thigh. Uh, and it's no problem to get them to fit right. I have huge problems with tights and knickers could, yes. getting to my knee. Mm -hmm. And then there's this space where, you know, I could hide a kitten <laughs> between the pad and the rest of me. Uh, that would be an uncomfortable I, you know, so, kitten. True. And I'd probably be uncomfortable as <laughs> oh, well. That's true. They have sharp parts. Once, once the soft. kitten was uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <go ahead. laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, I hate like having the pad pull away when I stand up and then I go to sit down and I catch it on yes, the saddle. Yes, that's a thing. Not bueno, just not bueno. So best of all, while thermal bibs can go $250 or more, the Pro Escape thermal bibs from Pearl are only $175 and they come in five sizes. Plus, because the Pearl is Umi, they are easy for a retailer to find uh, or for you to find online. So Cool. Yeah. Yeah, what I'm curious to know more about your gift giving philosophy where cyclists are concerned. I, you've got at least one in your family. I, that is true. That is true. Um, you know, you had me thinking about mistletoe infused CBD cream. So you would kiss everybody in the room. Like, well, it would take some THC as well, uh, I think. You think the mistletoe alone wouldn't do it? All right, we'll have. I'll think about it. Anyway. Um, unless it came with a little hat that <laughs> had it out there over your head. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tricky. It's tricky. I think what I think what ends up being I think cyclists giving gifts to cyclists often works out fairly well, especially if you know each other. But say when like my mom tries to give us gifts, it yeah. uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't go so well cuz she Nope. She she means well, right? But she'll give me like this tool set in a water bottle kind of thing that weighs five pounds, and I'll be like, "That that's a very nice gesture," but uh, no, you know, like stuff from like that you would find in Sky Mall almost, where you're just like, <laughs> like oh, "Thank you." The, the blow up, yeah. Like, I know you mean well, but this is not yep. working. Um, but it it can be. I think you're. I think to your point, it's it's great to 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 really think about what they're doing, you know, and and what 
what those circumstances need, if it is somebody who commutes at night or whatever. Um, I, I don't think you can go wrong with, like, does anyone ever have too many pairs of gloves? Does anyone, like, that kind of stuff, Oh, I will always welcome. Like, I will always welcome a really good pair of gloves for whatever conditions, because you wear through yep. them, you lose them, you lose one. Um, yeah, I think, like, like, that's very generous. Like, lights are always lovely, like, true... It just depends what your price range is, I guess. But, you know, like like when you get up to Well, those... it depends on how close you are to the cyclist, yes, right? Yes, Like, <laughs> this is true. But, um, but yeah, I think, like, other things are, are can be kind of considered, like, stuff that you wouldn't necessarily buy for yourself. Um, you know, I, speaking of some of the, like, your CBD things, like, some of the... I use the um, Floyd's... He's got a warming cream now, a warming CBD, like an Embro. Like that would make oh. an awesome gift because that stuff was really great, but it's not cheap by any stretch of the imagination. No, no. Um, but yeah, I would like a bunch of that in my stocking. You know, like stuff like that that you would just be like, oh, it's really great, but do I want to like lay down that kind of money on myself all the time? I think uh, always makes great gifts. In my yeah. That's the thing, yeah. and you know sometimes, especially with something that is consumable, you know, which maybe isn't the most ideal sort of gift in the whole world if you want somebody to be reminded of you. But it can be such a great opportunity to get someone interested in something or get them some experience with something that they might not otherwise take the plunge for. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite gifts was uh, Dave got me glitter Embro one time. Like, it's like, like really? Yeah, was, that's a thing? Out of this world. I'm like, yes, it was. Uh, yeah. You know, like that's like those kind of gifts, I think. Uh, say a lot. And you are precisely the perfect person for glitter. I, I think so too. And, and so did he. So, um, I think that kind of stuff makes like, like really great gifts. Cause it shows it that, especially something like that, like that shows a knowledge of personality. It shows a not like, yes. you know, it, it, it goes a long way. Like, you know, like I'm going to be super excited to open up the glitter Embro. So, yeah. 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 That's, that's, Somebody was really inspired when they, when they did that. Great idea. Anyway, who who made that? I can't. That re- I, ha- I would have to look. I can't remember what the company was, but it was it was super cool. Well, it, at some point between now and Christmas, they deserve a shout out from us. That's a good point. I will look it up and and make a, make a pick. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah. I don't have that pick. This speaking of gifts, I I think that. Along the lines of what you just did, I think the pick that I have would make kind of a cool gift. Um, it is a uh, Vespertine vest. So it's this company in New York, I think Brooklyn, not 100% sure. I picked it up at the uh, Philly Bike Show when I was there. Uh-huh. And she had this whole uh, wall of, honestly, the brightest sort of, she had dresses, she had vests, she had all these clothes made out of... Um, it is actually 360 degree scotch light. It's the brightest 3M scotch light reflective material, period. It's visible within yep. 2,000 feet. And she had me stand. There's this very lightweight vest, which is what my, my, my pick would be if you wanted the stocking stuffer, because it's, it's in, it fits in this little pouch, which is part of the vest, which is like a little pocket inside the vest. And then you can just mm-hmm. fold it up into itself and stuff it in this little pocket. Um, it weighs nothing. It is super light and it's got crazy silver reflective piping on the front and you just you can put it over a coat. And what I like about it is that 
um, I, I keep it in my commuting bag because there's so many times that I find myself across town later than I mean. And especially this time of day when the sun starts saying goodbye at 4.30. You know what I mean? All of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah. now I'm, I'm riding home and I don't have any, like, anything reflective on. I just have my, my clothes. Um, this is like this neon pink. There's five different colors and there's some men's more color palettes too. But it just it's so light and it just goes right on over your coat. You tie it in the front and you are like a a firework. I mean, it's just as reflective as it comes. Um, so I love that about it. Like you can just keep it on your, whatever you take your bag that you, your backpack or whatever you travel around and it will always be there. So if you find yourself, you know, riding around, you can wear it running, you can wear it walking, you can wear it on the mountain. If you're, you know, like now hunting season, whatever, if you want to go out for a hike, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's just super, super cool. And they are also, I like that it is, uh, it's made in New York and it's, uh, eco poly so it's a uh, recycled polyester so it's like you okay. know it's like a really it's an environmentally friendly thing it's water resistant and it comes in a huge array of sizes it's like x xs to xl so it's like the size is from zero to 18 so pretty much anybody can get one of these to fit them um pretty cool so yeah that would be but i think that kind of stuff makes a good gift too because i would never have yeah. thought to buy that for myself but i would be super right. stoked to find it in my stocking yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm big on thoughtful gifts that show some insight into who the person is. Yeah. That's that's another big piece of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, years spent working at a music store and having everybody's wife walk in to buy a wind chime kind of helped put me in that direction. Yeah. A wind chime? Yeah, yeah. Wind chime is like the, the, the accessory that anybody who knows a drummer can buy for, well, back in the 1980s, 30 bucks, you know. You could buy a, a set of wind chimes so they could take their drum set going. Ah. Uh, yeah, but it was like the, the go-to gift for drummers. You know, I had no idea. I have a very good friend that's yeah. a drummer. Yeah, don't ever buy him or I shouldn't buy him a wind, a wind chime. <laughs> no, no, don't, okay. don't. Yeah, word to the wise. All right, got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I got to look them up. What's the name of the company again? Vespertine. Um, so it's okay. V-E-S-P-E-R-T-I-N-E. Um, and the the vest is called the Vespert. The Vespert. Yep. Okay. And they I make like they make more than just um, they make more than just vests. Like I said, they have like all kinds of apparel, but it's all the whole thing is to be seen because she was. Uh, I guess she lived in Paris. She's she's the woman who started it is actually fashion forward. Like the, her first career is as a designer. Uh, so she was okay. in Paris and she was very afraid of riding around because she just didn't feel safe. She wasn't a cyclist, but they had they had bike shares way before we did. Um, you know, so she got on it and she decided like she would figure out her own problem basically. You know, and she made this stuff that was reflective and brought it back to New York. So it's pretty cool. It's a cool story. You know, when I was at the Taipei show a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a booth that I ran across that they were selling uh, this reflective fabric and it was in prints and mm. all sorts of different stuff. And they had made it into umbrellas and skirts and jackets. And I looked at it and was like, I want, I want a suit jacket and Bermuda shorts out of this stuff. It's cool. It's amazing what you can do. And you're so it, visible. Oh my gosh, yeah. They they, they had they had lights that they were shining yeah. and stuff and they 
you know, they even had a tent with blacked out sides that you could kind yep. of step into yep. and then, you know, it's am- see it. amazing. We've come a long way in reflectivity. Yeah, we, have. we really have. We really have. Yeah. So cool. Alrighty. Well, hey, that's a wrap for this episode of the Paceline. Celine, what are you up to given your, your newfound winter? Newfound winter. Um, newfound spring is supposed to come back on Sunday. So uh, hopefully I will get what? out. It still, it will not. I actually started Googling when will it and it fills in stop raining. Like everybody on the East Coast wants to know when it will stop raining. We have, it's, it's amazing. Like all people just keep posting pictures of like the rivers and the streams and things that used to be just like little trickles are just raging. It's crazy. Um, and it's supposed to get more precipitation, but uh, it's supposed to clear up and be pretty beautiful on Sunday. So I'm hoping to just, you know, get the miles when you can this time of year. How about yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Going to do some writing. Haven't really figured it out too terribly much. You know, like, like you say, this time it's a little more unstructured. Uh, The nearest cross race is like three hours away. So I'm going to pass on that. Yeah. So uh, there's a, a big, tractor parade that the boys just adore oh i would love that tractor parades are fun Mm -hmm. well especially when you involve flame yeah Yeah. flame shooting out of tailpipes and whatnot so that's that's the big highlight for this coming sounds awesome uh, we have we have our little christmas in emmaus uh they light the tree downtown the ice princess comes and skates on like a five foot block of ice <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> the whole thing. So it's very small towny, uh, but it's fun. So we'll do that too. Excellent. Okay. Well, we're going to reiterate our request for segment ideas. Uh, if you've got a question or have an, uh, an idea or any other uh, thing you want us to discuss, by all means, hit us up in the comments. Now, before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for RKP's other podcast, The Pull. The show features artisans talking about their craft in one-on-one interviews. Think Terry Gross for the bike set. This week's guest is frame builder Carl Strong of Strong Cycles and The Pursuit by, or just Pursuit by Carl Strong. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.